Hello and welcome everybody to Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. And today I have the honor and the privilege to be joined by the head coach and manager of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Um, a little bit more sun on the face, a little bit of vitamin D. You look like, I mean, I'm I'm like fluorescent white back here in Minnesota, but you look like you're glowing a little bit from your couple trips. Well, we had a, you know, we had 18 days down in Florida, then we were back for a week in the snow and the cold, and then we ended up down in uh, Palm Springs. So in terms of the uh, the travel, it's uh, it's been quite nice. I've got to be honest, Kendra. A little bit too long, if I'm being perfectly honest. Long time for the players to be away from family, and you know. But uh, hey, you know we got to do some work, and obviously we we have to get out of the dome. We have to get out of indoors, playing on artificial artificial surfaces. And um, as I say, you know, it was a a really welcome break. I've got to say, there wasn't too much. Uh, break by the way it was a lot of two and three a days plenty of games so uh, no it was uh, it was a nice nice place to go first time I've been to Palm Springs I was gonna say I was talking to Mark Watson last week kind of when he just arrived at Coachella and talking about the facilities and what a difference that makes for you guys at preseason and in Portland I mean they put on a great tournament too but it's just different when you have all those fields right in the same place you've yeah. got the training facilities the hotels are close by there's things to walk to so from if you are going to be away from your family away from home and gone for that extended period of time not only was the competition great but the facilities were phenomenal yeah and you know what it's like for the, the for the players you know Kendra it, the, the facilities are more important than the hotel and everything because that's where you spend most of your days you know it's it's a minimum of two a day sometimes it's three sessions a day and um playing on really good surfaces which they were you know, we were at the Polo place there and uh, incredible facilities. It's the first time, as I say, I've been. Um, hotel was great. Facilities were good. You know, 12 teams, I think, was there. So it gives you an opportunity to catch up with some of the other coaches, watch a few of the other teams in play, see what, what you think they are at this moment in time. So, no, it, it was a it was a really, really good, uh, well-organized tournament and, um, you know, one that we'll probably look at again, I would think. And before we dive into really the a, a deep dive into what you felt like you got out of preseason, what you went in looking for, and then what you yeah. felt like you got out of it, of course, health and wellness is always top of mind. But in yeah. general, you have a plan, you have a game plan, you have a thought process going into the 2023 season, players that you know are going to be available. So when you find out and you hear that Emmanuel Reynoso has still not joined preseason, what is the best way for people to kind of, how do you do that? How do you deal with that as a coach from a tactical, technical, emotional, physical standpoint, mentality of this group? Yeah. So as we said, it's the elephant in the room at the minute. Every time I, I do an interview, it's I'm wondering whether it, when it's going to crop up. So we, we've started straight from the off, Kendra. No, it's obviously, it's very disappointing. I'd be lying if, if I didn't say it was. Um, everybody knows what an integral part of, our team Reyes, not just on the field. You, you've you've met him a lot of times. He's a, he's a really sweet kid, you know. And we've missed having him around. But more importantly, I think his teammates have. You know, we we a lot of the players that we've brought in over the last couple of years have been to him, you know, assist and help Ray to for us to get him in his best spot, which is in and around the penalty area. And 
Last year, he had his best year in terms of productivity. Was it 11 goals and 10 assists? A little bit down on his assists, but, you know, 11 goals, which when you look at what he played, it's like one and three. For a number 10, that's pretty good. So it would be uh, churlish of me to say that we're not going to miss him, because we are. Um, we haven't given up hope of him coming back. It's funny that today we've he's made contact with a couple of people today, which I think is a real positive Um so yeah, we we want him back sooner rather than later, because as I say, he's he's such an important piece. Interestingly, in Coachella, the one question that everybody asked me, and it was always the coach of the opposition, when's Ray back? What's Ray doing? So you know, it's not just us who's obviously keeping a close eye on what's going on. I think a lot of people within the league are, um, obviously. As I say, we, now we've got to decide what we do. Do we try and stick with the, the normal formation, the four-two-three-one, and maybe put Robin Lode in there? Or do we go a different way, you know, play three in midfield and play three a little bit higher up the field? So we've got a few choices. You know, we've we've sort of tinkered with three-five-two behind closed doors as well. So it's nothing that we haven't done before. But no, we, we're going to certainly miss it, you know, because as anybody does... You know, if Carlos Valle doesn't play for the LA, they miss him. If Rui Diaz doesn't play for Seattle, they miss him. And we're no different. Um, hopefully the loss won't be uh, felt too strongly. You know, we've got good players and we've got, you know, such an intelligent intelligent footballer in Robin Lode who we know can play virtually anywhere on the field. So, we, we, you know, we've got a few decisions to make before the opener in Dallas. Well, and I think that's such a great point. I mean, I'm sure some of those coaches are asking you that because, A, you guys are all concerned about him just as a human being. You know, you just want to mm -hmm. make sure that everything is, first and foremost, that he's in a good spot. And then secondly, yeah. it's from a, a footballing soccer perspective. And, yeah, and I'm sure they're thinking when we face Minnesota United, is Ray going to be there or not? But yeah. I think for for you guys, you, you hit the nail on the head in the sense that Robin proved so instrumental last season, whether he was sitting behind Ray or he was filling that number 10 void. So having some flexibility, you've got Hassani Dotson hopefully yeah. coming back in the mix, depending on how healthy and, and how good and, he's and, and Kervin's come back looking like he started last year. You know, he had that really high ankle sprain last year and he never felt comfortable for the second half of the season. You know, he missed a, quite a lot of training. Um, we could get him back for the next game, but he didn't feel sharp. And he's come back looking really, really um, like his old self, like the beginning of last year when he came in and made such an impact very, very early on. So, you know, we have got midfield players. You know, as I say, it's like having a new signing, having, having a Sony back. Um, obviously, we've got bigger hopes for Josie Frizzoli's this this year as well. So we, we have got bodies in there. So, you know, that might soften the blow a little bit, knowing that we can put Robin a little bit higher up and maybe... Robin in a wider area, try and compensate for the goals that we might lose from from Ray. Well, yeah, and I mean, Robin spent the time at the forward position in the past, too. I mean, he's really been one of those sort of renaissance men that can fill in elsewhere. But also, with the depth and the quality you guys have in the wide spaces, with Bongi mm. coming back now in his second full you know yeah. season, where does Mender fit in yeah. in the attacking positions? So, it's not like if you had to put Robin in the middle, you you necessarily are losing something on the side on the outsides. It just gives a different look. Well, the, the one sort of question I would have, and I, this is something we've spoke to the players about, is are we going to get enough goals? Because before every season, you have to look and say, is the fifty goals here? Is the fifty five? Whichever way you, whatever your number is. 
So one or two are going to have to step up. You know, we spoke about, you know, Bongi last year. He's come back, looks really strong, looks really quick. He's had a really good preseason. But he's got to get between that 7 and 12, 13 range. Now, if we can get him to do that and Fragger gets his normal quota, then Robin, and then you get your centre forward, you're suddenly looking around 50, 50 odd goals. And that's certainly what we're going to need. Um, yeah, but so it's a big year for some of them younger guys. You know, Bongi showed a lot of promise last year. Mender's settled now. He knows where he's coming. His wife's here, his child's here. So, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into it. Um, we're still hoping to add players. You know, the, the, the window's still open. You know, we're a lot closer on one of the players we've been looking at. Uh, so with this group, we're hoping that there's an added couple of other players, certainly before the deadline ends. Yeah, and you talk about um, sort of bolstering. I know going into preseason, you were pretty high on Cameron Dunbar. He was a young young player that you got from LA Galaxy that not only just his ability on the pitch, but even the intellectual reading the game. He wanted all the tape of, of your games last season to watch yeah. them. How has he come through the rest of preseason for you? He's done terrific. He's a, he's a really nice kid, first and foremost. Really good professional. He wants to do well. And that might sound a bit strange to some people, but there's a lot of players who just go and play and, you know, they carry on with next day, they get up and play again. This kid wants to get better. He wants to look at video. He wants to, he wants us to analyze it. He wants us to, to critique him and he wants us to get, he wants to get better, you know? And as I said to my staff, we've got probably 11 players, I think under the end of 22 within in and around the squad. Now, you know, our job is now is to get them from, promising young players to experience MLS players. And that's going to be the challenge for us as a coaching staff. We have to work hard with these younger guys to make them better. That has to be the aim. Well, especially now when you guys have this, uh, you know, not just MLS next, but you've added now age groups in the academy. And I talked to Wado yeah. a little bit about that last week, what that does for you guys and sort of the talent pool and developing mm. it, not just up to 15s now, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever that might be, at least yeah. like in and around the same facility. What does that do for you guys? Well, I, I think, you know, we had some sort of uh, criticism early on about that they don't, they, they don't treat the academy the way that they should. And, and I sort of, quickly shot that down. And if we could have 10 kids from Minnesota playing for me, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's the, that would be the dream for every club. But unfortunately the harsh reality of that isn't that. And at this moment we are starting, we're in the beginning of hopefully putting a really good program together. Amos is working really, really hard with the coaching staff there. We've been pleasantly surprised at the, the level of talent that's out there locally. Um, Carlos Lederman came and played preseason with us and did terrifically well for a young 17-year-old kid. We think he's got a future, you know. Jesse Corn, one of the younger kids in the 18 years of age from Trinidad. He's in the he was in the Academy. Now he's with the second team. So there's talent down there. You know, Devin Paddle third, we got Fred Emmins. So there's one or two kids with little green shoots coming through. So, you know, we've got to keep working at it. We've got to keep investing in it. We've got to keep working and coaching these guys really hard. And then we have to give them an opportunity. You know, it's all right having players, but they have to think there's a light at the end of the tunnel, which would be playing in our first team. So we've tried to integrate them in preseason. You know, we took four or five of them with us and they did really well. So we're pleased with that side of the club. It's not where we want it to be, but we will. We, we it is something that we are really looking forward to and actually look, looking forward to developing more. 
And when you look at some of the other signings, we talked about them at the beginning, and now that they've been in, they've gotten some time, but specifically in Miguel Tapias, what yeah. has that signing meant for you guys? And being able to bring him in now, knowing how that venture has kind of been to to get him and acquire him. Well, I I don't want to go say too much too early, but to say he's been terrific in, in uh, preseason would be an understatement. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Um experienced, knowledgeable, um, just gets the game. You know, he's been at Pachuca since he was 12. He's had a really good grounding. He's had a really good formation. Um, just gets the game like a like a veteran, experienced player, knows when to bump players, knows when to drop off, knows when to try to pinch it. But the big thing for us is he's got such a cultured left foot that once we get down that side now, we've got somebody who can bring it out. And that was something that we lost when Debassi went down, you know, because it is a lot more difficult for a right footer playing on the left-hand side. You're always playing across yourself, whereas, you know, left footer naturally opens himself up and can come out that side. And that's been a big, big plus for us in preseason. Our ability to play the ball out from the back has probably has gone up markedly than it was at the back end of last year. And that's basically down to his left foot. So talking about that back line and sort of extending on that thought process, you did bring in a couple of veterans as well. We've talked about Daniil Henry before <laughs> when he first joined, he was one of the first podcasts I did, but and and Marquez as well. So when you yeah. look at this roster, even with Debassi still coming back from his injury and not really a, maybe a for certain timetable with a ruptured quad that he suffered towards the end of last year, how do you feel about the back line and not just the depth and the ability, but the chemistry, which we all know can be incredibly important. Yeah, I think also that, you know, we, we signed Zarek Valentin, who's right. been in the game an awful long time. And obviously Cam Knowles, who looks after the second team, and Sean McCauley, they worked with him in, in Portland and everything they said about him, you know. But what was said on the cover was actually there to see because he's really, really good professional, really positive influence, um, good talker. Um, makes everybody accountable, tells everybody how lucky we are to be in this profession and still doing it after all these years. So he's come in and done terrific. Mikel Marquez is obviously a really young player and one for the future, 21 years of age, super athletic player, really good on the ball, got to work a little bit with him with his positioning. Um, you know, DJ, is he going to take the next step forward? He proved last year, you know, he, he could handle it. Now, if he wants to be consistently and keep Zarek from getting that number two shirt, now he has to take it on another level and be consistent and do the things he's good at. Um, yeah, so the, the back, you know, hopefully Debassi comes back this year and that'll be an embarrassment to Richie's then in that sort of centre-off position. But um, no, I've been pleased with him and, and Dane's been really, really good with his feet. We've been working on that. I think he's better at playing out the back now than he has been. So yeah, it's been a... Results-wise, I think, been mixed bag. But as I said to you before we even went to uh, Florida, the most important thing for us is getting everybody physically and mentally prepared for the opening day in Dallas. And I, I think that's where we are. Obviously, the, the one wrinkle has been that Ray's not here, but the rest of the group have worked really, really hard. Um, we've, we've tried two or three different formations, so we, we can be flexible. So, yeah, like any season, I'm, you know, I'm like Kendra. My glass is always off full. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I see everybody thinks we won't make the playoffs, but that was the last four years as well. And that 
we proved them wrong and hopefully we're going to prove them wrong again this time. Well, and we know that with the amount of games that you guys are going to be playing with League's mm -hmm. Cup thrown in the mix as well. I mean, thank goodness they decided to take a month off of regular MLS yeah. so you guys could do the League's Cup and you weren't trying to handle that too, but you have U.S. Open Cup in the mix. So the quality of the depth is so important. Do you mm -hmm. feel like you're in a good spot with the left back position with Kamar, you know, really maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the only maybe true left back, or do you think Tapias could do that if he well, needed he to? Well, he has done it in the Padelford? past. Yeah, Pat Padelford's there. Uh, Mickey Tapias has played there for Pachuca in the La Liga MX. We, we've got um, DJ. He, he went and played there a few times last year. Zarek has played there in the past. No, we, we feel as though we've got a, a pretty rounded bunch. We've got people who can cover in a few positions. Obviously, Tapias was a big one for us because now, you know, we've got Mikel Marquez and Brandon, Brent Coleman sitting there. So we feel as though we've got enough depth in most of the places. I still feel we're probably too short and we are hopeful. You know, I'm confident that before the transfer deadline, we'll we'll have at least two more players in. Hopefully, one in an attacking position and maybe one in a midfield position. Um, and if we were to do that, and I'm hopeful that Ray will be back shortly, then I'll be really pleased with the group. A couple of players we didn't even hit on because you kind of feel like they're going to just show up and you know what to expect from them, but a Michael Boxel, a Will Trap, and then also just hit briefly on your hopes and sort of thoughts for um, um, I'm just, Luis Samaria. I just had a brain fart there on yeah. what you expect from him this season. Well, I think that, you know, Luis, by his, even by his own admission, started slowly last year. You know, if we can get him start the season, hit the ground running like he had in that purple patch where we lost was it one and 13 during the middle of the year and he started school goals. He actually got sort of nine and 27 starts. So it's one and three, you know, elite is one and two. So, you know, he probably did a little bit better than some people thought. Um, so yeah, we need, we need to get Luis set the ground running. Um, we need, we're expecting more from Mender. You know, we, we think he will improve. The other two you mentioned, I don't really need to speak to you about him because you're smiling there. You know exactly what they are. Michael Boxall, ultimate professional, same as Will Trapp. What you see is what you get every single day. Really positive influences. They they look after themselves. They're really conscientious professionals. They want the best for the club. They want the best for the teammates. So there, there's two, Kendra, I don't have to worry about during the offseason. Um, when you look at what you wanted to accomplish in preseason and then what, how you wrapped it up and you're almost done here. I mean, well, this is more like match day minus two or three because you're yeah. actually going into opening day on the 25th back at Dallas. But did you, did you check all the boxes that you wanted to check in what you wanted to see? Of course, the first is getting fit, getting healthy, just getting yeah. the chemistry of the group together. But then by the end of it, did you feel like you guys were in a good spot? If I was being ultra critical and I said this to the guys, from our defensive third to the attacking third, it's been excellent. We've kept the ball well, really good continuity play. We've managed to break the lines really, really consistently. We haven't had enough final ball in, in the final third. And ultimately, that's, you know, you know how important it is in the final third. People always say it to me when they meet me. One of my favourite sayings, goals change games. When you get them opportunities, you have to take them. And if there's one disappointing Peace has been preseason. I don't think we've made enough use of the ball in the final third. That has to change. You know, I spoke about that earlier on about we're going to need a certain amount of goals. 
And for having a certain amount of goals, you need good final ball, good decision-making, good finishing. And I don't think we did a good enough job in that pre-season. It's a work in progress, but, you know, we have to keep working at that. It's crazy when, and you've seen this in your day, you've spent time, you know exactly what that means when you have a goal scorer, just someone that mm-hmm. regardless of the situation, whatever the game calls for, there's always that thought that this individual is going to come through. So is that what you're trying to instill? Is it like a hunger? Is it a confidence? Is it just, is it the final ball? Is it the finishing? Is it a combination of all? I th- a little bit of all of that, but I, what I don't want to do, I don't want to start putting pressure under the players early on because when you start overthinking it and you start getting anxious and start snatching at chances and, you know, just be instinctive, do what you, the natural flow of the game comes with you. You know, it's something I've spoke to Bongi about. You know, we looked at all Bongi's chances last year. He, he could have easily had double figures last year for the amount of good opportunities he but the more pressure you put under yourself to try and be a goal scorer, the more you get a little bit apprehensive when it doesn't come and then you get a little bit anxious in front of goal and you start overthinking it, start taking too much time to be too too deliberate. That that you know, that doesn't work. You've just got to keep giving him confidence. And as I said to the guys, the best bit of confidence I can give you is by selecting you. I'm 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 trusting you that you're gonna come through this and get start scoring goals. But, you know, that's an area of the field that um, I wouldn't say concerns me, but I I think it's an area that we have to get right if we want to achieve what we want to achieve. And last but not least, I mean, the games are the fun part, right? That's what all the work goes Mm -hmm. into. The games are the fun part when they can just go out and play. What do you see against FC Dallas coming up in a rematch of the the playoffs last season? What do you see from FC Dallas? Well, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at my board and it's got Ferreira center forward, it's got Ariola right, wide right, Velasco wide left, Pomlicol, Legette. It's a pretty formidable front five. You know, what we got there, Argentinian internationals, two US internationals, two US under 23s. Yeah, it's going to be tough. They've got good players, but we proved in the last game of the season, the playoff game, you know, it went to penalties. They couldn't break us down. And on the night, I was a bit disappointed because I thought we had the better chances on the, on the night. Hey, we know it's going to, not going to be easy. Um, never is there. The weather's going to help us because it's normally about 150 degrees normally when we get there. It all, or it seems that way anyway. So the weather's going to be a bit more uh, bearable. But no, if we play well, keep a good defensive base and shape and make the most of our counter-attacking opportunities, we can cause them problems. I lied. I have one more Western conference. Anybody that like stood out to you this off season, anybody that, you know, that you think is, I mean, the parody in this league is ridiculous. Yeah. I I think um, we played San Jose and they've got a completely new way of playing. And Lucci's obviously working really hard on that. They will be better. Um, I went through this with Bill Maguire the other day. He, he wanted a rundown of every team, so it's pretty fresh. No, yeah, stop. It's pretty fresh <laughs> in my mind, Kendra, you know. I think that Seattle will be better because, obviously, Rui Diaz has missed a lot of games and Joe Paolo's back. Um, Portland missed the playoffs once, so go and spend $10 million on a number 10, and I've got $10 million waiting for a centre-forward. Um, so they're going to be better. They didn't make it last year. You know, I think it, as always, it's going to be really, really competitive. It'll probably go down to the last few games again. And, you know, obviously the, the new format came out today. So you've got a bit more opportunity with a playing game. But, hey, it doesn't get any uh, easier, that's for sure. But I'm I'm always confident that if, if we keep our best players fit and get them on the field, 
then we'll be organized enough to be competitive. And that, that will be the aim. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adrian. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got a busy schedule. You can keep looking at that board up there and feel free to give me any uh, inside information. <laughs> hey, and I hope it goes well for you and your new job. Huh? Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, Thanks, Adrian. Have a great day. Any, See you. Anytime. Cheers. Stay tuned. Second segment coming up right here on Sound of the Loons. Andy Greeter joins me from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. When injury takes you out of the game, it's time for your team to step up. At Alina Health Orthopedics, you'll get expert care backed by a whole health system of providers. With records, test results, and care team, you are always close to the care you need. Schedule now at alinahealth.org slash ortho. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Segment two of Sound of the Loons. I am Kendra D. St. Alvin. I don't even think I said that in the first segment. I always kind of forget that part. But the more important piece is that I'm joined by Andy, joined by Andy Greeter of the St. Paul Pioneer Press, the one and the only beat reporter. I shouldn't say one and only because then we're sliding Jerry Zagoda, but I mean the one and the only for the Pioneer Press, beat reporter for Minnesota United. Uh, man, I've had the honor and the privilege to stand alongside you at many a training session over the last six seasons and you just said to me i haven't seen you at training and i was like i don't have to be at training every every day now because i am used to seeing you up there every single day um Mm -hmm. because you are the one that gets the ins and the outs and all the information so it's good to chat with you heading into uh opening day which is february 25th for minnesota united yeah kendra thanks for having me on i've i've been listening to the podcast for a long time so it's great to be a guest on it and yeah if we can't catch up on on a uh kind of chilly sports hall Tuesday, we can do it here in the cozy confines of our own homes. Exactly. We're either, you know, making that uh, little trek from the, the the sports hall to the dome. And then once the yeah. dome gets taken down, I mean, we did have some nice grass, warm, sunny days, you know, for those, you know, sort of three months um, at, up, at, up at Blaine. But either way, it is nice to catch up because I do want to get mm-hmm. your take, your perspective on I mean, we can walk it back to 2022 because I didn't even get to talk to you after that. And then we went right into the, you know, final and then you got the World Cup and then you've got holidays. And then, you know, you're taking a couple of vacations as you should do in the the window of time that you can do. Mm -hmm. So what was sort of your thought process on the wrap up of 2022 and then how this team was sort of looking heading into 2023 from your vantage point? Yeah, you know, like like every you know supporter knows, it was a, a very rough stretch towards the end of last year. So just to kind of get into the playoffs, get on proper footing, and, and make it, I think, was an accomplishment. I think you know, being the only team in the Western Conference that have done it four years in a row is something to I think to really appreciate when you look at at where this current team is and and kind of the uphill battle that they'll have to try to do it for a fifth time. Um, but just to you know, kind of improve in their play at the end of the regular season, get into the playoffs, have a, you know, an eventful uh, entertaining first round playoff matchup, a a game that they felt player wise that they played really well in and were disappointed to not, you know, win in PKs like they, like they just came up just short. And we talked to Dane about it today because obviously they, they play FC Dallas on, on Saturday. So there's going to be a lot of callbacks to the, to the playoff matchup and, 
Dane was like, you know, I, I regret not being able to save one, you know, cause he's got such a great track record of stopping PK. So he was, he was expectant to, to at least get one. And if he gets one and maybe will makes his, then things are reversed and they're advancing in the playoffs. And obviously it's so the margins are so small when it gets to the playoffs that, that those kinds of things could, could flip on a knife's edge and, and it could really could have been a difference. So I think it was, you know, it was a successful year, but I don't think it was, you know, overly successful year because we've seen this team go to the Western conference final before we've seen this team advance and, and go on a run and string results together. And I think that's kind of the, the expectation with this team is to not just make the playoffs, but get a home game and, and try and go on a run. So that's the fact that they came up short in that category, I think was disappointing at the end of the day, but like I said, kind of bittersweet because there were the positives of being the only team in the West to having done that. Now looking forward to this year, I think, you know, they really running it back with the same group for the most part, right? I think Mickey Tapias is is the number one guy that they brought in, a, a center back, a 25, 26-year-old from Liga Mekis who played at Pachuca, um, who's I think going to be a starter on opening day, um, is really the only new piece that they have at this point. And you take Emmanuel Reynoso out of the equation for the time being, and, and you really look at, okay, is this team going to have enough to to really push on and, and make it for a fifth time? It sounds like there's some additions in the works, but for the most part, the core of this team is the same. And they're hoping to kind of raise the level for some guys and, and get, hopefully get Ray in the building and, and go from there. Well, and I think that's such a good point because I, you know, when you look at SD Dallas's lot roster and lineup, and I just did their preseason yeah. game against Houston over the weekend. I mean, it is almost identical yeah. take out Matt hedges and then, you know, maybe an injury or a plug and play here and there until they get right. some other guys fit and healthy. So they're going to be the formidable group that you saw last season. But the other thing with Minnesota United and correct me if I'm wrong, but and you've seen this time and time again with this league is not just having the same guys back, but second seasons for guys like Bongagukle Longwane, for mm -hmm. Mender Garcia, who was only here half of a season. And, you know, these guys that can just feel more comfortable and Kervin Ariago, who we forget was yeah. only here just last year. So the, especially these internationals that come in, they're playing in a new country and how they kind of settle in. They understand what to expect, the travel, the chemistry, the preseason. So it, it's like you're getting um, a new crop in the sense that it's their second year round. So they might feel a little bit more comfortable where they're at. Yeah, no doubt. I think, especially if you're coming from Colombia or if you're coming from South Africa or Honduras, like you mentioned, there's a lot of culture shock that, that comes with that. You can have your and the Latino, you know, buddies there, but at the same time, it, it can be difficult just, you know, knowing that you're in it. Like you said, all the different variables that are a part of it. So once you're settled, I think the expectation level certainly rises, especially for a guy like Mender who who comes in on a DP contract who was only here, like you said, for half a year where, where Bongi and Kervin were here for a longer period and have kind of a, a longer runway to get kind of off the ground. Mender, I think, is is one that that I think people are expecting to to see more from this year, uh, especially given the fact that, like I said, he's he's a DP type player. And you talk about kind of the same core, Hassani Dotson. I mean, obviously, he was lost in April and he's coming back strong. Um, so he's kind of under the weather right now. It sounds like he's got an illness and We'll see how how severe that is for Saturday. But um, another player that you, while we talk about the same core, it's never always the same. And and with getting a, a midfielder back of Hassani's caliber and getting a guy that is versatile as him, um, given some of the moving pieces on the roster, is certainly a, a welcome sign if he's able to play early in February or in March. Speaking of versatility and the absence currently, at least, of Emmanuel Reynoso and sort of the 
unknown factor of when he comes back, if he comes back, how he comes back from a yeah. fitness physicality standpoint, and even where he may be at mentally and emotionally. I mean, we talk about the importance of every one of these guys as a human first. And as much as we like from the outside sometimes and people in the Twitter sphere to criticize players, people, franchises, clubs, whatever, they're all humans first at the end of the day. And you never know right. what's going on in people's lives. So let's say he doesn't come back or at least he's not back right now. And we know he's not going to land tomorrow and play on Saturday. Right. The versatility of a player like Robin Lud has been almost, you can't even really put a price tag on that because yeah. of his willingness a to do it and b the quality in which he does it. Have you noticed that amongst the group either that of course they all want Ray back. He makes the mm -hmm. team better for sure. But the the security of knowing you have a player like Robin that can play and play the way he does. Yeah, no doubt. I think they're really kind of falling back on that right now. And we saw it last year when he came from a right winger position into deep lying midfield player type role when, you know, they had all those injuries like we talked about in midfield with with Asani and I think Will and Kervin and all those guys, Joseph, all those guys were dealing with injuries last year. Um, so they needed Robin to, to step into a different role. And it was it was almost like they got they got better in that spot because I think you saw a deep lying connector, a deep lying playmaker, and Robin, a guy who's you know very calm on the ball. The moment's not too big for him. He has the amount of physical. I think that's maybe what surprised me when he was in the midfield role is the physicality that he was able to bring to it as well. Like you, you don't really expect it from him, and then he brings it in that spot, and you're like, oh, okay, he can he can do this as well. And I just think. He's quality kind of through and through. And and like you said, the willingness to do it. Boxy has said a, a few times that, you know, maybe he doesn't want to do it, but he'll do it because I think he's he's a good soldier. He, like we talked about uh, kind of his offseason last year and he was in Finland doing military training. So he's literally has a military background of kind of the yes sir, no sir. And that's kind of the mentality that he brings to this spot. And I think, yeah, having him as kind of a, a number 10 type role, uh, is going to be key for this team. It sounds like most of preseason has been in a 4-3-3 type of setup. So I think they like the fact that Foxy is, in particular said that he likes more people behind the ball. It feels like they've got more continuity and stability and and Robin kind of helps with that. Obviously, you know, maybe in front of the ball more just given his advanced spot in the field, but you know, I think that having two guys behind is is helpful and I think you'll see a little tweaks in shape and and I think that it's it's been a work in progress because we haven't seen a lot of goals, especially in California. You know, they only scored one goal in open play in three games. And and I think some of the chances were lacking. And that's what Adrian talked about today. I'm sure he talked about it with you, but he talked about it after training is he likes where they were between the boxes. He likes what they saw defensively. He feels like he's falling in love with Mickey Tapias from what I'm gathering. And he needs more in the final third. He needs that to, to increase. And that's something that we've, We've talked about a lot with this team and it's a recurring theme right now. Yeah. And I think that's such a delicate balance and, and Adrian did mention that, but you don't want to put pressure on the guys, but you also know that you brought certain guys in to be goal scorers, you know, mm -hmm. and there's other teams that you look at and, you know, I'm sure Adrian has played on and been a part of in the past where you just, there's certain guys you just can rely on when you need that goal you know who you're going to or that they're going to come through. And we've seen that with other MLS teams and that sometimes Minnesota United has struggled to find that consistently. And sometimes when they 
did find it consistently, it was when maybe Robin was even playing more as the number nine. But again, it goes back yeah, to right. you move him from that wide position, more central, even when he was playing the 10 or the eight last year, and you lost his goal scoring ability from the right-hand side. So that means Bongi has to step up. Mender's got to have a, a good year in his second year. Luis Amaria, mm -hmm. I think, is better when he's not pressing and he just is free-flowing and confident and not forcing it. Yeah. So it's finding that balance of the guys have to be confident feel a little bit of pressure is good but not you know you're not shriveling up because of the pressure and trying to find that delicate balance yeah for sure and Franco Fragapane in the mix as well you know if he can get half a dozen goals that obviously raises the level and if he's able to help create yeah I mean I remember uh you know probably one of the best goals last year was when when Ray and and Luis combined and and kind of uh Luis had the kind of that karate kick kind of a assist, right? Where he's kind of creating as, as well. And I think that's when, like you said, I think that's probably when he's at his best, when he's not as much as the focal point is as part of the continuity piece in that, in that group, in that attack. And, you know, I think, you know, fans probably get a little frustrated with how much they, they cross the ball and are reliant on that and don't do as much centrally. And I think they need to try to be cautious of falling into that again here this year without Ray in the middle at least at the start to not be over reliant on kind of, you know, swinging it wide and, and banging in crosses because that's you know, maybe not the best formula to, to score a goal. So they need to try to find other ways to do it and, and continuity play with, with the pieces that you mentioned uh, can go a long way to help that. Yeah, I know. And we, and we've talked a little bit multiple times about um, the depth of this team now and where are you finding the depth and, Adding the pieces, midfield looks pretty solid right now when you look at the rotation that they can have mm -hmm. and that they can use and the outside pieces. Cameron Dunbar, a lot of people have spoken yeah. really highly about since he's come mm -hmm. in, the attacking pieces. But then the back line, there was some question marks because of Debassi. When he went out last year, I mean, clearly there was a drop in the, in the quality, mm -hmm. and that's not a knock on Brent Coleman. That's just, I think it emphasizes the importance of the chemistry of the back line and the two center backs in particular. And it took Brent just a couple games to really find his footing and feel good about where he was at. But then they have brought in some additional pieces as well. So hopefully that back line, if the, if the front line is struggling to score goals early on or find that the back line can continue to hold firm. And then, you know, I didn't even mention it, but Clint Irwin, you know, he kind of came in not thinking he, he wasn't like, Hey, I'm coming in to be number two. I mean, his mentality, and it should be for yeah. a goalkeeper, is always, I can come in and be the starter if I need to. Have you felt any of that, like, that there's pushing? I mean, there's competition there, that it's not just Danes to to have or even Danes to lose? And Stuart Kerr always does such a fabulous job with the goalkeepers. Yeah, I think, you know, Clint talked about kind of coming in and, and pushing Dane, but I think he also, at this stage of his career, and knowing that Dane is an all-star, knowing that, you know, he's kind of on the come up of his career, I think it's it's very much thought of as, Hey, I'm here to push. I'm here to be ready. I'm here to be the veteran, but also knowing that, you know, Dane is, is the number one. And if everything is is flowing for him and he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. So I think it's, it's more of a depth piece in Clint. I, I believe the guy that's always going to try to be ready and, and push him in training, but know that it's Dane's spot to have. And I think Dane appreciates that as well. We talked to him today and obviously at this time last year, he was hearing the news that, he wasn't going to be starting the, the start of the season and was very, very frustrated by that and felt like he had had a good preseason and, and Tyler Miller got the nod over him and, and he doesn't have to worry about that. I think Dane knows that, that it's his spot. And if he keeps the level, it's, it's his, um, you know, I think getting Kamar Lawrence back, obviously he was away in Jamaica for a while. He's a veteran piece that, that they like it at left back, right back is, 
is a little bit in flux. DJ Taylor has been dealing with a tendonitis issue, and Zarek Valentin has been kind of the main guy on the right side. Alan Benitez is kind of in the mix, kind of, sort of. I mean, you don't really see a lot of him. He was kind of a, a late summer transfer window addition that was on the cheap and and kind of struggled defensively, and, and DJ Taylor kind of took over that spot. And I think, you know, we talked to Boxy about it today, and just look at all the changes that have happened in the back line in, in the matter of a year, right? I think last year you're talking about Boxy with an entirely different back line around him, right? You have Devasi on his left side. You have Chase Gasper on left back. You have Ramon Metzner at right back. And that's kind of what you pencil in going into the season. And and all three of those guys are either completely out of the picture and not on the team or on the long-term injured list. And you have three new pieces in front there. So it's obviously you want to have continuity and and that's what this club strives for but long-term injuries and and changes and health and and all those things have really kind of caused the changes to be as in flux as they've been one thing when it comes back to to mickey tapias is kind of i talked to cesar hernandez who's at espn about him who follows liga mekis and said that you know tapias really was great continuity player with the ball at his feet usually you know, you, you, you hear the defensive attributes first, and this is kind of the one that is mentioned more often when it comes to Tapias is kind of his ability to be comfortable on the ball, to be able to connect, to be able to get the ball forward. Um, he likes to play with speed. They said that's the number one thing in his game. He doesn't have kind of the body type of a, of a center back. He's not as big as, as Boxel or, or Debassi. Um, So I, I wonder about how he'll be in the air. I think we've seen him be adequate there, but when we talk about this team and and the lack of goal scoring, especially off the set pieces and aerial threats, this team has has lacked that since Michael Parra has been around. And, you know, I think you need somebody to kind of step up into that role to kind of dunk on people when need be, when the goals might not be coming in open play. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, is when you talk about those changes and I would assume that maybe it feels Boxel makes him feel a little bit more comfortable is that you have a player like a Will Trap if he's healthy and if mm. he's on the pitch that can read the game so well. And I think Kervin Ariaga will read it even better this year if he's in that role in his second season, just understanding that chemistry and where to be and who's stepping, who's dropping, who's covering, as mm. even if it's a Tapias is getting accustomed to this league and as yeah. other things might be rotating around, that you have some comfort in the players that are in front of you in the back line. Because how many times have we seen in this league the importance like – a, a solid number six can be worth its weight in gold in helping yeah. out the back line and then being that connector piece to find the eight or the 10 or get the ball out wide or whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, Will Trapp is a player that is looking to have a bounce back year himself. I think he would be the first one to raise his hand and be like, last year wasn't good enough from his standard. I think he had a, a career high number of, of yellow cards. He dealt with suspension issues. I felt like, you know, he would probably raise his hand and say, you know, I can, I can play better. I can be more of that, that rock that you mentioned. So uh, it'll be important for him to, to be able to stay healthy. That was a little bit of an issue for him last year. And he kind of avoided kind of a serious scare uh, with his leg. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you have, like you said, when you have somebody that is as veteran savvy in front of Boxel and Tapias, that, that can provide a, a real comfort as you try to play out of the back. Two things just to wrap up. One, is there anybody in particular that has really pleasantly surprised you or impressed you in your time? Because mm-hmm. I know the team's been away a lot, but just the yeah. coverage that you have been able to do. And then also any thoughts as you've sort of dug into the Western Conference of looking at 
this team really is going to be really going to be good this year. That's maybe flying under the radar. I mean, we can't go LAFC because we all know what that is, but you know what I mean? Like somebody that's like, wow, this, this team's going to have a good year. Yeah. Um, You know, I think you mentioned him earlier, but Cam Dunbar is a player that just talking with, with players and talking with coaches and, and there's been really kind of two sessions that they had where they had short-sided scrimmages and, and Cam was probably the most threatening of all the players in those short-sided games, just a little spark plug on the left wing, uh, a little jitterbug uh, gets in the right places. Adrian has mentioned him as potential central kind of playmaking role as well. Uh, you know, he's got 20 games under his belt uh, with the galaxy. So he's been in a spot where he has a little bit of experience in this league and he's, you know, we chatted with him. He seems pretty mature and has his legs underneath them, has youth national team experience as well. So he's a guy that I think people they're they're expecting him to be probably a contributor off the bench. Maybe that guy that can kind of chase the game and, and maybe grab a goal as you're trying to get back in it. So he's he's a guy that I think they're pleasantly surprised by and, and think he'll be part of the mix. Um, as far as a team in the Western Conference that I think um, can kind of be on the the come up and maybe surprise people, I think I think Sporting KC will have a bounce back year. I think they're going to be a, a much better team than they were last year. Obviously, that's not what Loons fans want to hear just because of the, the rivalry aspect, quote-unquote rivalry aspect that that is out there with them. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, it's going to be a crowded Western Conference. And you see SKC, who, who Minnesota, I think, has to play three times. I think that's how it goes. I think they're the one team that they have to play three times. Obviously, people in Minnesota will be like, oh, of course we play them three times. We always play them. Um, but yeah, I think Casey will be my pick. William Agato uh, up top, I think is, is a guy who, I think he had something like eight or 10 goals in a thousand minutes last year as he came over. Um, so yeah, that's my pick as Casey. Yeah. I think we saw that firsthand, didn't we? As one of the last games of the season on the road, mm-hmm. when Minnesota United went to Casey and you saw Tommy in the middle and you saw Agata up top and, you know, that was even with still missing some of their key pieces, but those guys I think are going to be really good in their, in their second year. So, and then, you know, teams like Portland and Seattle, like they're not going to miss the playoffs again, you know, like that's, they're not letting that happen regardless. And and they're both, you know, Seattle for sure, getting some pieces back who had some injuries last season. So, so yeah, I think it's going to be the usual, the Western conference craziness. Nashville goes back to the East. Now you get St. Louis in the mix. So um, Houston with a new coach. I mean, there's just all this stuff that, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how everything shakes out, but either way, I think it's going to be a pretty nuts, uh, 2023. And then you throw the league's cup in there and everything else. So it's gonna, it's going to be a good one. And we can say one thing now, and then we could be completely wrong, you know, by the end of the season and have more of that craziness, which is why we love sports. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, MLS's predictions came out this week and they had Minnesota at 11th and I asked Oof. Dane St. Clair about it today. And I was like, what do you think? How do you respond to this? And, you know, he's, said something to the effect. Let me just pull it up here. He's like, preseason predictions are a crapshoot anyway. I'd be impressed if any of them in any position gets them automatically correct because no one knows with injuries, midseason additions, things like that. They put it out there for people to talk about, but I think even they know they wouldn't put money on it. So, you know, it's one of those yep. things where it's, you know, especially in MLS, given the parity, given the fluctuations, it's, and that's why, like you said, that's why we enjoy sports is it's fun to talk about. It's fun to throw out different variables and ideas and, and, you know, look at preseason form for what it's worth and, and try to gauge off that and and wait for the games to come. 
Yeah, we get to talk about it. They get to play it. It's, you know, that's what, that's what makes it all fun. And then we all sit on our couch and go, what the heck was that? So <laughs> that's kind of the beauty in the nature of sports. So, well, thank you, Andy, for joining me. I know that uh, haven't gotten to see you in person as much. So it's nice to catch up over, yeah. over Zoom and have this podcast. I'm sure I'll see you out at the training ground someday. But otherwise, enjoy a couple more days here before the season gets going. And, and we'll chat soon. Thanks for having me on, Kendra. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining on another episode of Sound of the Loons presented by Alina Health Orthopedics. And we'll catch you on the next one after game number one of the regular season.